Welcome to Last Weekly, where we talk, laugh, and sometimes bitch about the highs and lows of the past week, including was billionaire sex offender Jeffrey Epstein's suicide assisted? Is Lady Liberty only into rich dudes? If your job blows, do you suck? And which Disney princess just royally pissed off fans of democracy? Plus, movie trailer reviews during trailer talk? and more. I'm Kevin Williams, and I'll be recapping the week with my two incredible co-hosts, Anthony Tone Show Nunez. Saludos a todos. <laughs> and our brand new guest co-host, Trish, aka Danger. Hey, Last Weekly fam. All right, Danger, let the people know a little bit about yourself. Okay, well, uh, let's see. I'm a blogger. I am a podcaster. I am a mom and a small business owner. And my life is often a delicate balance of me embracing my inner Southern Belle while keeping my inner Miamian at bay. Wow. Now that's what I call an introduction. All right, L family, <laughs> L weekly family, you are in for a treat with Danger. Welcome. All right. So, Danger, what was going on this week? This week, speculation and conspiracy theories about the apparent suicide of convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein were all over social media. Less than 24 hours after a landslide of damning new details in newly unsealed court documents were released, billionaire hedge fund manager Epstein was found dead in his federal detention jail cell last Saturday. Within hours of the news of his death, the discussion online quickly turned to two of Epstein's most powerful former friends and party bros, former President Bill Clinton and current POTUS Donald Trump. The hashtags Trump body count and Clinton body count both trended nationally on Twitter. The former in no small part because President Trump retweeted the Clinton body count hashtag himself. Even though the New York City Medical Examiner said on Friday that Jeffrey Epstein's death was a suicide, many questions about the accused sex trafficker's death remain unanswered, including what were the two guards who were supposed to monitor Epstein doing during the hours before he was found and why was his cellmate moved out the day before Epstein died? Do you think the public will ever get real answers about Epstein's death, his crimes against children, or his powerful friend's involvement in both? I'm not a person who usually um, likes to endorse conspiracy theories or, or anything of the sort. But it's really hard for, for people to get a grasp on what's really going on and for people to think that the justice system works for everybody equally. When you have someone who has access to incredible resources and first they seem to elude justice because of the crimes that they commit, which are so heinous, uh, it seems to slap on the wrist. And this time around, when he's finally, we, they finally seem to have a, a solid case against him, he winds up dead. So, of course, people were, were thinking this was something with the powerful or his friends or the elites who, were, who didn't want him to talk. Maybe he had some he has some dirt on someone. And it's very suspicious. The man was found unconscious the week before with some type of bruising or, or injury to his neck. And so he's supposed to be on suicide watch. And here, all of a sudden, he's just found dead. And then the, the president of the United States in the high in the in the biggest office in the country <laughs> tweets out some crazy conspiracy that the Clintons got him. I, I don't know what regular, I don't know what everyday people are supposed to, uh, was, are supposed to think or know in this case. I definitely think there's something fishy going on and I don't even, I don't even believe in conspiracies a lot. I think conspiracies a lot of times the, the simplest answer is usually the truth, but this is a case where people either did, didn't do their job 
or people didn't do their job on purpose. Um, what do you think, Danger? I'm with you. Uh, as soon as the story broke, I thought to myself, hmm, my first thought was this was not an accident. But then after I thought about it for a little while, I thought, well, you know, it's very convenient. And maybe they made it convenient for him to kill himself because the fact that he was found, you know, a week earlier and he had, you know, he was unconscious, he had these bruises. I thought, well, one of two things, either someone tried to kill him and they didn't succeed or he tried to take his own life. So maybe they were just making it easier for him to take his own life. But my first initial thought was, oh, somebody off this guy for sure. He's got too many friends in high places that do not want him talking. So I thought, hmm, this is just a little bit too convenient. So I don't know. I'm on the fence. I'm kind of like, uh, did he do it himself or was he off? But my initial thought was this was not a suicide for sure. We know. I mean, I really feel like this was not a suicide. So uh, it's kind of, I'm kind of back and forth, but my initial thought was, yeah, no, this guy, mm -mm, he was off. Well, I definitely think that the suicide, if it was a suicide, was assisted. And by assisted, they made it easier for him by mysteriously the idea that I, I shouldn't say mysteriously because that maybe there will be answers at least at this moment in time it's still mysterious to me why his cellmate was uh removed literally like the day before um with like not in fact it wasn't even a whole 24 hours after the his cellmate was moved not to another you know move, move to another place uh that he's dead. So if he had somebody there, it'd be harder for him to, to hang himself. I'm sure the cellmate might say something. Oh, this guy's trying to hang himself. And the whole idea that he was on suicide watch and then just taken off. Why, if someone is on suicide watch, what is the catalyst to be taken off of suicide watch? Did he receive some kind of counseling between the time that he tried to commit suicide and the second time? My guess is no. So there makes no it makes no sense that he's taken off a suicide watch unless someone wanted to make it easier for him to commit suicide. And even not being on suicide watch, guards are supposed to be going by uh, the cells at least at the very least every 30 minutes. So there's still no word on exactly how long. Or how dead he was when they found him. Like, was he just dead like minutes ago? Or was, I mean, it was, there's no word on that. And there's the, levels the, of dead. <laughs> there, what, what I mean is, did he like literally, did his heart stop beating or did he die hours ago? Was he cold when they walked in there? Or did he just die two seconds earlier and he was still warm to the touch? So it does make a difference as far as in how long um, he was actually being observed because. One of the things is uh, apparently there are reports that the guards actually fell asleep and were asleep for hours as opposed to oh. monitoring him every 30 minutes. So that's why it's important. Uh, the question, how long was he dead? How how negligent were these people if they were negligent or they were paid to look the other way or something? And so it doesn't, honestly, um, I'm sorry, not to, cut, not to cut you off, but it, it, not, it doesn't defend the facility. But there was all these reports that the guards were overworked. There were seven to two hour shifts that they were doing double overtime so so these are the things that were coming saying that the, maybe if there was a case that these people weren't checking on him they were incredibly overworked that was the excuse that was given do you really think there's going to be an investigation into that though i mean he's dead are they just going to be like okay let's move on he's dead there's something we can do do you really think there's going to be this public outcry that says 
Let's find out, were the guards negligent? How could this happen? Well, the reason why I believe there is going to be some kind of investigation, or it's already happening, is the fact that uh, apparently the guards that were on duty have already lawyered up, and they're refusing to talk. And there's already, the union is already asking for them to get some kind of immunity before they share anything. So if, if even if they end up admitting doing something that was illegal, um that they can that they will have immunity and not be able to be prosecuted for it and so i don't think that that's cool you shouldn't be able to say uh you shouldn't have to you know get immunity to tell what happened or the fact that you didn't do your actual job and so to me it's pretty damning that they can't basically say what happened there are supposed to be cameras all over the place um and there are logs that they're supposed to be writing about what exactly took place uh are the logs that they wrote about when they checked each prisoner do they match what the cameras show so they should look into this because there is a question about either was this man murdered or was it made easier for him to kill himself because it made things easier for other people but there is a little bit of a surprise here that i uh read recently that made me feel a little bit better because i i do i definitely want justice for all the women and girls where they were girls at the time now they some of them are women some of them may even still be girls that were uh some actually raped uh, uh, and assaulted by this man and apparently many of his powerful friends. That's what the sex trafficking charges were about, um, moving these young girls to these different places for these powerful old men and older men to, to have sex with. That one of the things, if, if he were still alive, his attorneys could be fighting every step of the way all the evidence that would be recovered in his different houses, his different mansions all around the world. But now that he's dead... There's no, there's no, nothing blocking. In fact, the, um, the FBI, apparently, he has a house on some island. They basically went there with a fine-tooth comb and got all kinds of evidence. If he were still alive, his attorneys would be fighting that tooth and nail, every piece of evidence, and they'd be fighting about the evidence and what was and wasn't admissible for months to years. But since he's dead, they can basically just go right ahead with that evidence for the most part. And and the other people that may be in it may not have standing to argue over how that evidence was seized, um, at least preliminarily. So that may mean uh, more hope for these women to get justice. Hopefully uh, the women will get justice, if not just in the legal system, uh, I should say in the criminal uh, justice system because the man is dead. Their other victimizers are still out there as well as them being able to get money and sue his estate. So hopefully um, there will be some semblance of justice for these women. But um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm really doubtful about how much is going to come out. There, the fact that he skated as long as he did, that he had so many, the, the, the amount of victims he had, he got that sweetheart deal in Florida, which was just amazing, where they didn't even notify the victims. They were supposed to legally notify the victims before making a settlement with this guy. They just coincidentally didn't tell any of the victims anything and made a sweetheart deal with him where he was able to just go to jail at night. And all during the day, he was free to roam around and do his business and be at work all day and then just be in jail like for like, you know, uh, 10 or 12 hours a night for a very short time. It was ridiculous. So that is the power of money. Um, 
so it's it's really disgusting. I'm I'm hoping against hope that something good can come from this. What uh as far as some people be brought down. I mean, Donald Trump was friends with him, Bill Clinton, many other uh famous uh wealthy people. Uh I believe Prince Andrew is linked to him oh. and possible oh involvement. Yes, sadly. Um Yeah, this man so, interacted with both sides of the aisle. A lot of people don't a lot of people on the right are saying, Oh, the Clintons, a lot of people on the left are saying, Oh, you know, Donald Trump. No, the the rich and powerful all sit at the same table. And this is a case where this man entered all those rooms together. So um, I don't think when even this, even the conspiracy periods are throwing, they're saying Trump or they're saying the Clintons, it, this man interacted with a lot of people and a lot of people who had wealth and access to resources. And even though it, it, it's, some, it's some type of compensation, hopefully the victims will be able to get to his estate. What they're saying is, is in the hundreds of millions of dollars. But a lot of times money is the least of it. This man committed some atrocious acts and he will not face justice. His death will, will exactly. not give them the justice. We'll never, he, they'll never be able to face him in open court. So a lot of people are saying, oh, they'll get the money. It's not about the money. It's about holding the rich and powerful accountable. And I feel like the system failed these women, unfortunately. Oh, the system all absolutely failed them because of that, that crazy deal in Florida. In fact, if there was a reporter who, sadly, I don't remember her name, that basically brought this whole thing uh, back into the public eye. And that's what caused the why he was even in jail. Uh, that the uh, Manhattan prosecutors basically picked up the ball and looked at things that he did in New York. And they decided to make charge him with sex trafficking and, and transporting these girls over states lines state lines to uh for him and his friends to have sex with and um and and one of the things he was charged with was conspiracy you can't have a conspiracy by yourself there are other people involved in conspiracy so that means the other people that help you know actually drive these girls to these places the people that recruited and found these girls i guess where playing hopscotch somewhere or um you know at an ice cream uh, of uh, at an ice cream truck or whatever and drove them to uh his private island in these places where him and his rich and famous buddies were hanging out um so hopefully other people will be brought down. Obviously, he can't be brought down. But the, the even if the guy wasn't murdered and he committed suicide, there is some semblance of justice in in that because that means there's no more victims. The yeah. man was relatively young. If he were alive and free, there'd be more victims. Honestly, I'm shocked that he was even able to be brought to this amount of justice because look at Roman Polanski. He's still skating away free somewhere in Europe. I don't understand why he didn't pack his bags and see the writing on the wall that the justice was finally looking towards him for the very first time uh, in his life. And he, uh, one of the things that when, he's, when his attorney tried to get bail for him, saying that he wasn't a flight risk, one of the things the FBI found when they searched his New York mansion is a safe that had tons of cash and they, he had a fake passport with a, uh, uh, with, his, with a fake name in his picture. And so clearly he was thinking about me, uh, having an exit strategy strategy but he should have already been out of the country in some place where there was no extradition so the fact that he had to kill himself potentially just to escape justice well he's still dead there will be no more victims and not that i'm not saying money is everything or money excuses what happened to them but damn sure these women should get some money for what they've been through the counseling they're going to need um maybe for the rest of their life they should get money and i i hope that his all of his vast 
fortune is drained amongst all of those women. That basically all the greedy lawyers are going to try and get their mitts on it. I hope it just goes as much of it as possible, goes to all of his victims. Well, Kevin, you know what's really interesting is that, you know, you mentioned you can't have a conspiracy alone. So what I'm really interested in finding out and for the victim's sake is who else was involved in this? Because yes, Epstein is dead, but we don't know who those other predators are and who else was involved. And they may still be out there doing the same things with other powerful people. So for me, you know, I, I want justice for the victims in, we need to know who these other people are that are involved. And are, you know, are these documents that they have, that the FBI has now found, are they, are we going to know about these? Are these going to be made public or are these going to disappear mysteriously? What's in them? I think there's so much more to this story that is left to be unfolded, to be told. And, uh, I really hope that, uh, whoever was involved is brought to justice along, along with, with, uh, with Epstein. I mean, clearly, you know, it's not like we can, uh, we can try him. I mean, he's been held accountable in the court of public opinion and now he's dead. But I think that, uh, you know, his his friends who are involved most definitely need to be brought to justice as well. Oh, a lot of people are sweating and I think they have good reason to be sweating because if you're someone like him, it would behoove him to have dirt on a lot of the people that were powerful. Maybe he filmed some of the encounters they had with these girls. He oh, kept I'm, sure I, I'm sure. I'm sure there's a black book or something so the question is if once it's found will i mean because also look at who is uh uh basically heading the just heading up the justice department right now uh a trump lackey so if there's some dirt that basically shows that trump was involved in this i mean we already have video of trump and this guy like dancing uh, ogling some girls on the dance floor so um you know and we know trump likes some young oh my god he absolutely does because one thing that i still can't get over is uh, the fact that all of these people that are like uh you know uh, Christian, so-called Christians and Bible thumpers support a man who we have on on tape saying not only the whole the you know the the pee grabbing thing we already know that but the, one of the other things that he says no one ever talks about anymore is when he was on Howard Stern he bragged about how he owned the Miss Teen USA pageant and one of the perks of that he said was that he would burst into the dressing room and he would time it just right where he got to see everything. So, so he creepy. was burst. He was walking in on teenage girls mm. changing clothes during a fashion show, and he bragged about it. And the, and these all these religious right people cannot be hugged up with this man enough. Mm-mm-mm. So, yeah, I, I hope a lot of these people are losing sleep. The Prince Andrews, there's so many other people, honestly, that I'm not even remembering right now. There is uh, some other politicians that, that have actually been named. There's a famous attorney whose name right now is escaping me, uh, who has been like a CNN contributor. Uh, he's released a statement saying that uh, the, the accusations against him are untrue. So I, I, the one good thing about this is people are going to try to point fingers on the right to the left. People on the left are going to try try and point fingers to the right. One thing that, like Tone was saying, what separates these people uh, as far as in their sides of the aisle 
uh, what brings them together is sweet, sweet cash and apparently um, a an attraction to underage girls. And that's what bonded them. So whatever their feelings were on NAFTA and stuff like that, those were pushed to the side in honor of like, let's like let's have sex with 14 year old girls. Ooh, All right. With, so creepy. I know it's disgusting. So on that gross note, <laughs> let's move on to the next story. What else was going on this week? Danger. <laughs> All right. So Ken Cuccinelli, the acting director of U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services, announced an immigration change that targets legal immigration. Say what? The rule denies green cards and visas to immigrants if they use or are deemed likely to need federal, state, and local government benefits, including food stamps, housing vouchers, and Medicaid. Note, I said legal immigration. So immigrants who are here and working and have had the ability to receive limited welfare benefits will now have to weigh whether or not using their benefits is worth impacting their ability to stay here. As if that wasn't newsworthy enough, he then put his own spin on the poem at the base of the Statue of Liberty that has served for years as an American credo, reworking it to say, give me your tired and your poor who can stand on their own two feet and who will not become a public charge. Okay, so the public charge law was passed in 1882 and the poem was written a year later. So it's not like Emma Lazarus was out of touch with what was happening with immigrants during that time period. But somehow we've gone from welcoming the world, the world's wretched refuse and huddled masses yearning to breathe free to a real life minority report where we're punishing people based on intent. Here's the thing. Most immigrants do stand on their own two feet. Since 1996, most immigrants are already ineligible for most public benefits. They rely on government help far less than U.S. citizens do. Plus, immigrants are here to work. Their labor participation rate is significantly higher than native-born U.S. citizens. And their unemployment rate is lower. So, are we really a country of people whose values have changed so dramatically that we're no longer welcoming to all? Is it time to update the Statue of Liberty's plaque to be more representative of what our cultural climate is now? And why are we trying to penalize the immigrants who are here legally and working toward becoming naturalized citizens? I don't know. What do you guys think? This is another case, specifically the Trump administration playing to their campaign for 2020. This is another case of them taking the whole immigrants are bad and we need to stop the immigrants from middle America and people who are impoverished and who really need the government's help and making them think the reason they're not receiving that help is immigrants. This is a complete lie. Immigrants use benefits less than natural born Americans. Immigrants also come here and work hard. So this is just, again, we're, we're looking to, to say all the problems that we have because of immigrants, and that's completely untrue. The problems we have is because the ultra-rich and the corporations, <laughs> I'm about to go into a Bernie rant, um, are, are, are getting an unequal share of the pie. And this is, again, the Trump, the Trump administration. It, it, this might be the administration that's doing this, but this is part of the Trump campaign, basically, is to turn the country, especially middle America and people who are struggling, and make them see, oh, immigrants are the enemy. Immigrants are the ones who are doing this. From what I'm 
understand if you are here legally, you're a legal uh, immigrant and you want a visa, you already have to check off a box saying that you're not going to take benefits. So exactly. Th- so this is not like th- there is some type of rampant abuse of the system that's happening by legal, legal immigrants. And when I go on Fox News, one of the people are always saying, oh, if they were legal, you know, they always make it seem more. They're not against immigrants, they're not against people of color or brown people. It's about the fact that they're not here legal. Well, here we have legal immigrants who, who let's say they're not, they're not even, they're not even capable of taking benefits. So again, th- this was not because there was a problem. This is again, just a campaign strategy. This is again, turning people against people who can't defend themselves and immigrants come here to work hard. I had a news flash. I'm not sure if you guys have been paying attention, but this is one of the first years where I guess maybe it's the second year actually, where our birth rate has not grown. America actually has a declining birth rate. And people always talk about, oh, am I going to get my social security in 2037 or 2047? But guess what? Americans are not having enough children right now to, to, to support the economy moving forward. They don't have enough children right now to pay the social security. So people of America, immigrants, actually, they come here, they work hard, they get their visa, they become permanent residents, their children are born Americans who will pay into the system so you can retire. So when, when you look around, who's going to be taking care of you when you're in your elder years? Who's going to be paying your social security when you're in your elder years? This is, again, just a, a bigoted attack. And what do you think, Danger? Oh, it is majorly upsetting because what people seem to be focusing on is uh, his quote about like reworking the poem for the Statue of Liberty when when they're kind of glossing over what's really going on here. And, and that alone is disturbing. Like they're just, <laughs> they're so concerned about like the reworking of the poem. Okay, first of all, no one's rewriting the poem. Let's take a breath. The real issue here is we, like you said, we're demonizing, we're demonizing immigrants. And these people are here legally. You know, everyone always talks about illegals, illegals. Like, yeah, okay. But what, what is so concerning for me is that this portion of, you know, talking about the welfare benefits is really not all that they're going to be judging people on. It's a major factor, but they're also going to be judging this new public, uh, you know, this new public law change is going to uh, take a look. It's basically giving the people who are making these decisions the right to, to determine whether or not these people can stay in this country, apply for green cards based on not just whether they accept welfare benefits, but how old they are, how much money they have, and what their health is like. So so if it's someone that comes over here that's, let's say, you know, 40, 50 years old, they can say, you know what, maybe we don't want to let this person in um, and give them the opportunity to make a better life here because, you know what, they might need health care and they might need these benefits because they might get sick. You know, they're not, they're, they're not relative young, you know, we look 10 years, 20 years down the line, they're going to be 50, 60, 70 years old. Yeah, they're going to be a drain on society. What's interesting, though, is that, like you said, immigrants are not really the drain on society. In fact, doing a little research, I found that people who do take these benefits repay them in 20 years time. So they're really feeding into the taxpayer system. If people actually took a minute and looked up some statistics, they could debunk pretty much everything that the administration is saying with regard to immigrants. And I think the the real problem here is that Americans as a whole are uneducated. It's like, don't just believe everything that you hear. Take a moment, look up some facts. Now, I mentioned I'm a parent. Okay. I didn't mention that I'm a single parent. So I'm saying that now. So when I look at, and I, when I dug a little deeper into this, 
what what was so creepy to me is that one of the changes that they're making to um to this law is that as a family you have to be 250% above what America dictate is poverty. So if I was born in this country, but if I had to follow those same rules, I would not be allowed to stay here because 250% over poverty for a family of four would be $64,000 a year. So if I brought my kid's dad back in the house and we had two incomes, we still wouldn't be making $64,000 a year. So how do they expect someone who's come to this country pretty much with nothing to be able to get a job and do that? It's insanity. I don't know. Uh, what do you say, Kevin? Okay, well, the point is they don't want you to. That's the point of that number. This is really about power and uh, in a couple of ways. The main thing is, does anybody remember how a couple of years ago there was uh, some study that said that in the next 10 years or so, this will no longer be a white majority nation. That there will sure. be more people of color than people that are white. That, that sent shivers down every Republican spine. 2050. Because, yeah. Bec and the reason why is uh, that it's true when immigrants come, and because of their racist rhetoric they've had pretty much ever since I've been alive, Republicans have... Uh, basically done dog whistles and those whistles have become just straight up shouts there's no one not only just dogs can hear them now we can all hear them uh when when the president comes down an escalator or uh, when he's running before he announces his uh, his running and says uh mexican or rapist uh that's not a dog whistle that's letting everybody know that this is going to be you're, you're using race to get elected and so the what they don't want uh uh with more people that are of color coming to the country Odds are most of them aren't uh, more of them than not are not going to become Republicans. And so they want to be in power. The sad thing about the Republican Party is they aren't the, to me at this point, the people in power. I'm not speaking for everybody that calls themselves a Republican, but the people in power are no longer believe in one of the most important creeds of this country. And that is majority rule. Uh, and so what they're doing is they're they're purging voter rolls. They're making it they're putting up all kinds of obstacles and making it harder for people to vote. They're closing uh, in certain areas where people of color are having uh, less voting machines. You, We've seen on the news during elections where there's these lines that go down the block and people are waiting in the hot sun for hours and hours and hours to vote in certain areas and other votes in other areas there are plenty of polling stations it makes it very easy to vote so that's what this is really about they want to have less people of color um less people that might vote against them that's what the this whole thing is about and what really bugs me about this whole kind of thing about oh we only want people in this country that can basically stand on their own two feet and then have uh money and trump talked about people that have degrees and stuff like that is i really what one thing that really makes me that sickens me is people who climb a ladder to success and then once they've climbed that ladder want to pull the ladder up so no one else can climb it everybody here except for native americans either came here by choice 
or some of us were brought here in chains. And so the people that came here by choice, many of them that came from places like Ireland and Italy, came here with nothing but the clothes on their back. And now that the people that are coming here with nothing but the clothes on their back are no longer a majority white, now we want to change the rules on who can come here and build a better life when they have nothing but two pennies or two nickels to rub together. How so quickly we it, forget. Exactly, how quickly we forget. So it absolutely is about racism. It absolutely is about power. And it's absolutely about people who don't want majority to rule. The fact that, look at look at who the current president is. Uh, uh, Donald Trump is the president and he got uh, 3 million plus less votes than Hillary Clinton. And he is the president. That is not majority rule. So that's what they're trying to perpetuate. Uh, they're trying, they're, they're holding on to power by the, by the, by their fingernails, thanks to, uh, the antiquated, uh, electoral college. And they want to make it harder for people of color to vote. They want to have less people of color in this country. And we've got to do something as a nation to say, um, if you believe in what this country was supposed to stand for, then we need to stand up and say, just because people may come here and they may need help or whatever, um, your ancestors needed help. Your they needed to they needed to they were yearning to breathe free. So let other people breathe free, and for no other reason, like what Tone mentioned, for your own for your own selfish purposes. Who's going to take care of you? Who's going to sustain the system if, when we this country is not generating enough people, future generations, uh, uh, young people to uh, keep the Social Security system going to take care of you? Who's going to be cleaning your bedpans? I mean, maybe they'll be robots soon, but I don't know if they'll be soon enough. So good luck. And also, Kevin, it's it's a big um, lie that they like to propagate. You said uh, people who climb the ladder. Well, the truth is the president didn't climb the ladder. The president was born on the ladder he borrowed multi-millions of dollars from his father he had multiple bankruptcies so it's like he he, he made all this money out of nowhere that that's a lie that they like to sell a lot they say oh we, we you know we all worked hard for our money and somehow that makes you more special than anyone else no you didn't work hard for your money a lot of people actually were born into these situations and that's the reason that they favor corporations they favor the wealthy over the middle class that's the reason they're trying to take away your health care that's the reason that they're putting the debt so high and they're looking around and say, oh, we have to cut Social Security, have to cut Medicare. These people are not for you. These people are for the wealthy. And the and I'm not going to say a lot of people have made their riches in this country. That's one of the beauty the beauty of America. There is an American dream. But a lot of times the people selling you this stuff are not part of the American dream. They're part of the people who were born with silver spoons. And they're trying to use this as a door to keep people out. Oh, absolutely. One thing I want to say is I what I'm surprised by how this they keep using this and it keeps working. That the people that like live in so-called the heartland of the country or the Bible Belt or the South, that they convince them that the reason why they're not succeeding is somebody who's coming here to pick strawberries, that that's who's holding them down. As opposed to the uh, the GM plant that closed its doors and sent those jobs to Mexico or sent them to another a foreign country, those people, or even speaking of sending jobs, uh, I love the fact that Donald Trump, who is supposedly the champion of these uh, pickup truck driving, uh, gun toting uh, uh, Christians. 
Well, and bring jobs back to America too. Exactly, but but again, he actually shipped jobs away from uh, from America himself when he had his own line of clothes and things uh, at Macy's and other products. For some reason, he had like stemware and plates. Who was buying Trump branded like uh, champagne flukes? But anyway, he did have those things, and none of them. I repeat, none of them were made in the United States. How does he get to be your champion when he, when he made things with his name on it? Everything with his name on it was made in another country. If he cared about you, he would have he would have opened up factories in this country. He would have said, you know what, Macy's, if I earn a nickel less for every tie or suit that you sell with my name on it, for it to be made in America, I'm willing to take that loss because I love this country and I love the people who work here. Did he say anything of the kind? No. He was looking out for number one. And he didn't be, pretend to care about any of you people until he wanted to run for president. Wake the F uh, all right. So let's move on to our next story, Danger. What else was going on? Uh, well, speaking of privileged people who forgot where they came from, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk a little bit about Ben Shapiro. If you had to work more than one job to have a roof over your head or food on the table, you probably shouldn't have taken the job that's not paying you enough. That'd be a you problem. Also, it's not true that the vast majority of people in the United States are working two jobs. It's just not true, according to the census statistics. Those were conservative commentator Ben Shapiro's words in a video in which he was commenting on low wages. And boy, did the internet have a lot to say back about this. People were quick to point to various points that Shapiro's argument conveniently left out, like the fact that wages have been stagnant for the last 40 years. So even though corporate profits, CEO compensation, and the price of housing has risen, employee pay has not. Others pointed to the lack of high-paying jobs that are forcing many to take up jobs in the gig economy, where workers don't technically work two jobs, but they have a full-time job and are also forced to take on gigs like driving for Uber or Lyft or some other type of tech side hustle like charging scooters or doing deliveries, which are not technically full or part-time jobs and may not be considered a second job when it comes to statistics. So where do you two land on this? Is it as easy as Ben Shapiro says it is and it's just a matter of picking a higher paying job? Or do you agree that there are certain factors at play that force people and keep them in these low-paying jobs? Okay, first of all, what Ben Shapiro is saying is so absurd on so many levels. The fact that the rise of something like the uh, of something like the dollar store, the ninety-nine cent store, there is a reason why uh, Dollar General and all those kinds of places have risen is because people, working people have so much less money. The reason why we have the insane racist president we have right now is he used the fact that people have so much less now and he pointed at, you know, immigrants as like those people are, are keep you from having things. This is why you don't have jobs. There, the, there, there was a time when people could get just walk right out of high school and walk right into a, a car factory or a steel, a steel mill, and you could instantly get a job where you could support a family. You could work one job. Your wife or spouse could like be at home taking care of the kids, and uh, that was enough to sustain you. You could put kids through college. You could go on a vacation. You could um, actually 
actually uh go to restaurants that's another thing look at how many uh like uh, uh, uh like chain restaurants uh, middle restaurants like the are, are like failing because now a lot of people just don't have money for like little niceties that people used to have money for to take their kids out to places uh, uh you know uh for dinner once or twice a week those things uh don't happen as often uh so there are so many signs that uh people aren't just choosing to work multiple jobs and the whole idea that he was saying that the census which there it's about time for us to have a new census the census is taken every 10 years so the numbers he's given are taken first of all 10 years ago and so we have to trust in the uh the the numbers that were taken 10 years ago and 10 years ago and now is a world away as far as what's happened in our economy and the gig economy another thing that's a sign that that people's lives have changed there's a whole thing have you guys ever seen on hgv hgtv called tiny house hunters where people (laughs) are living in these insanely tiny houses and people are living in trailer parks i don't think that's all by choice People don't want their house to be able to be blown away by a stiff breeze, but uh, they're they're making that choice because the uh, incomes have not been going up uh, uh, at the same rate as the pro- the cost of living, the cost of food. Another thing uh, uh, that's related to this is shrinkage. Have any either of you guys noticed how when you go and buy things at the grocery store, how they keep giving you less ounces of things for the same price? Oh, like you, I, do, they raise do you the got, price and make things smaller. Do you remember how there used to be a price? There used to be a thing called a half gallon of ice cream. I defy either of you to find one because now it's like 1.5 quarts or 1.4 quarts or 1.3 quarts. Does it cost the same amount as a a half a gallon of ice cream used to cost? No, you're right. Danger. It costs more. Um, There's less cookies in a pack of cookies. There's, there's less corn in a can of corn. There's all kinds of things where it's making it harder for people to make it day to day. And so I don't think people by choice are just, are just choosing to like, like there's so many jobs out there that are paying 40, 50, dollars an hour and people are just like oh i why did i turn that job down and, t- and decide to take this one at mcdonald's i was so stupid there's this incredible miscommunication out there and i call i call it miscommunication but i think it's a little bit more sinister than that the the gdp supposedly is doing great everybody's telling you oh america's growing we have a strong economy which by the way started under obama and trickled into trump and not this week the stocks weren't doing so good but Donald Trump, our president, every time the stock market is doing great, he's saying, hey, the stock market is amazing. It's all me. It's all me. Planes don't crash. It's all me. It's all me. Stock market started collapsing. Not a peep about it. And they're telling you, oh, the GDP is great. The market is growing. So you're like, Tosho, you're off topic. What the hell are you talking about? What I'm saying is the metrics, what we're looking at right now to say, hey, this economy is doing great doesn't trickle down to average people what kevin said is completely right you have to if think about it when's the last time you went to applebee's when's the last time you went out with your family you've had to cut back on little things because you the the money is not is not stretching it up anymore and and why is that it's because it's all going up it's never going down to the workers ceo pay is at an all-time high even after what happened in 2008, CEO pay is still amazingly high. So when people tell you this economy is doing great, America is doing great, America is back to doing great. No, 
Americans, regular Americans are struggling. They're struggling. All these jobs are not paying enough. Why is it that every time you turn around, you have someone in office fighting $15 minimum wage? And when they finally push in a $15 minimum wage, here comes automated computers. Here comes automated tellers. Here comes automated McDonald's. So instead of giving the money to the people, they give it to put the invested in machines. So at every turn, people are telling you, oh, everything is fine. We're doing great. Our stocks are doing great. Well, I'm going to tell you, the average American doesn't own stocks. The average person doesn't own stocks. They're not benefiting from this growth that you, that you say is so great. They're actually out there struggling, working two jobs. A lot of families don't spend enough time together anymore. Uh, people are always saying, oh, Sunday is for families and we need to spend more time together. Well, then give people paying jobs that actually pay enough so they don't have to do these jobs. So they don't have to do work two jobs. They don't have to do a gig economy. I watched a show on YouTube. This guy's day was picking up scooters every day to charge them because he couldn't make he couldn't make enough money from his regular job. So at night, he drove around picking up bird scooters. People have to do this. People are working jobs driving Lyft and Uber, they're paying for their own gas after they pay for taxes and the wear on their vehicle, they're not even making enough. So yes, you might say, oh, there's not, the statistics are wrong. No, statistics aren't capturing the actual picture out there. The average person is hurting and they want to tell you this picture that everybody's doing great. Everybody is not doing great. Everybody is not prospering in this economy. This economy is leaving a lot of people behind and as automation takes even more jobs in the future, we're going to see even more problems. So we need to, like right now, the canary is dying and we need to pay attention and look in the cage and say something is wrong because something is truly wrong and unfortunately ben shapiro he 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 i'm not i'm, I'm not gonna say this is his first insensitive comment he's made a lot of insensitive comments and i feel like people who are who don't know people who are struggling that's another thing maybe if he walked outside and he spoke to regular people maybe he would see that there's a problem but a lot of times there's very close circles and that's what i feel like it speaks to a bigger problem that we have in this country where people are so scared of other people who don't look like them don't sound like them they're scared of immigrants is because i live in new york city and which is a it's a mecca of diversity but unfortunately a lot of america is not a mecca of diversity and if you don't interact with other people and, and know their story know their struggle then you make assumptions and what you hear Ben Shapiro and other people on TV saying might become your reality, your truth. So, so always question danger. Ah, there's so much. So there's so many points. So Kevin mentioned dollar stores and dollar trees. And I can tell you from where I live, if that's any indication of how well people are doing, we are not doing well as a country because every, I would say five or six miles, there's either a Dollar Tree, Dollar Store, Dollar General, Dollar, I don't know what. So they're everywhere. And also another point that Kevin made, and I think, you know, if we're looking at small town America, like where I live, is we've had so many closings of restaurants. Um, and, you know, not like regular chain restaurants, like um, Chili's and Outback. I mean, just these common places that people would go to gather around the table that were fun and affordable. They just don't exist here anymore. So yeah, I think he's definitely out of touch with what's going on right now in the real world. And yeah, if we're looking at census statistics from 10 years ago, that's a problem. And, and dare I say, it's going to be a problem again when the next census rolls around because now we have immigrants who make a big part of, uh, you know, the country who are terrified. I mean, they're, do you think these people are going to be filling out census information? I don't think so. 
I don't think so. So again, we're still not going to have an accurate picture of what's really going on in America, in across America, never mind just small towns like where I live, but this guy's clearly out of touch. Um, I know people who have fantastic paying jobs and still can't make ends meet. And it's not because they're living outside of their means. It's because everything is so much more expensive. And yes, in smaller packaging, it's bananas. And forget about vacations. I couldn't even tell you the last time I took a real legit vacation. Like my vacations consist of me going someplace for work and then calling it a vacation because after or during, I go look at some tourist attraction that's free, like a museum. So uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he, he's definitely, definitely out of touch. And I think also part of what got Trump elected was the fact that, you know, he kept playing to that he's a businessman and he he's going to do great things for the economy. I don't think that was that was an accident that he did that because there are so many people hurting. And I can speak just from people that I know who voted for him because he was a businessman. And they thought, you know, a businessman is who's going to get this country right and back on track with jobs and the economy and everything's going to be fantastic. More hope, more change, because we've got a businessman in office. Well, how'd that work out for you? Oh, my God. And another thing I wanted to say as far as in uh, signs of uh, dark arbingers to come is uh, one of the stories that almost made the cut on our show this uh, uh, this week that got cut was on the down low. Uh, UPS uh, has drone uh, trucks driving our highways to deliver uh, not deliver package, but to move packages across the country. So self-driving trucks. One of the one of the few jobs uh, that still exists for basically middle-income people uh, that like live in the heartland and and the South is truck driving. Absolutely. We are we are less than ten years away from that no longer being a job. That's so a scary what, thought. Exactly. So what's going to happen to all those people? When uh, there are no more, uh, there's no more uh, jobs that involve driving. When all those jobs are basically being done by programs, what's going to happen to those people? Mm. We look, look at how many uh, jobs, like in the auto industry, got uh, uh, taken by robots, and then what wasn't taken by robots got sent over to other countries. So the few things that have to be done in our own country, like driving something from here to there in this country, that's going to be taken by robots. And uh, it's just it's really scary that people are that would even listen to someone like a Ben Shapiro and not just look around them. Look at all those closed stores. They're closed for a reason. Those restaurants are closed for a reason. Um, it's because people don't have money to shop there. One of the things we talk about a lot on this show is like cord cutting and what's happening with all these different uh, streaming services. One of the reasons cable channels and cable net cables uh, cable is dying. Not that I'm crying them a river, but there's a reason why. There was a time when people had the luxury of paying a hundred dollars a month for TV. 
those days are 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 quickly coming to an end for lots of people that and a lot of people that those days came to an end a while ago they cut the cord a long time ago and that's because of the fact that everything has gotten so much more expensive and so this idea it just it disgusts me that it's a you problem as a and it's so easy to say it's a you problem as opposed to it's a problem in our society that needs to be dealt with it's a problem going just like the the one of the things that republicans for seeming always seem to believe in this whole trickle this trickle down theory that if you basically cut taxes for to practically nothing for super wealthy people that they'll give us all jobs as gardeners or something uh and then we'll be, we'll be okay because a rising tide does not lift all boats because you know what when somebody is in a yacht and somebody's in a dinghy they're gonna have a very different experience with the tide thank you very much oh that wake is a you know what <laughs> it is absolutely a bitch all right um, wait you know what there here's one other thing that i think uh people so so here's the other thing i talked about privilege so let's say that you are someone who's in a low paying job or you have no job let's 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 frame it this way you have no job and you get offered a job that is not going to put you in a position that you can afford to support your family in so what is he saying that you're supposed to do just not take any job and just hold out for the job that's going to pay you amazingly well. In the meantime, what are you supposed to do? How do you feed your family? Because, you know, uh, God forbid you go take benefits. God forbid well, you get on welfare. Oh, well, the, the same. The one thing that's funny about someone like Ben Shapiro, what I'd ask him about, like, how do you feel about right to work states? Mr. Uh, Shapiro, exactly, exactly. Exa where, where basically you're 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 for union busting. One of the one of the, the one of the other uh, dirty secrets about why we are the way we are is we used to have unions used to have more power, and they would basically uh, uh, would it was uh, collective bargaining. We're a whole group of people. We have a representative. We have the company, and then we have one guy. We'll call him Jeff, and Jeff is representing all of us other workers and saying that you know what we we don't want to work a seven what say seven days a week. We want a five day work. Work week. So people act as if the way that we live uh, today just kind of happened out of nowhere. People fought for things like us having a five day work week. Those things were fought for with collective bargaining. So one thing I will say about uh, uh, Ben Shapiro, what his statement is that I'm sure he wouldn't agree with. I do wish that one day, uh, in fact, it has happened to smaller, uh, uh, to, in small ways, where like a bunch of uh, 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 Lyft drivers uh, uh, went on strike. What if all the Lyft drivers and all the Uber drivers went on strike for a week demanding that they got paid more? What if everybody that worked at, at, uh, at all the fast food places... All of them, all walked off. You couldn't find a Starbucks or a or a uh, a McDonald's that you could go into because everybody working there said we're not coming back until we can make enough money to feed our families and put a roof over our heads. Wouldn't that just shake the world? That would shake our lives, and that would make something that would make some change. So I'm no, I'm sure he's not advocating that, but. There needs to be some kind of big shakeup to change uh, the way things are going because it's getting harder and harder for regular people to make ends meet. And it's going to continue to go that way unless there is a huge shakeup. And 
And if you reelect the current person who's in the White House, there's just going to be more and more dollar stores. And and I think very soon, dollar stores are going to be too rich for our blood. We're going to be searching for 50 cent stores. And they may be owned by rapper 50 cent. All right. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, let's move on to our last story. Danger, what else was going on? All right. God help me pronouncing this name. It's not like Mulan fans didn't already have enough to be mad about. First, it was the controversy surrounding the trailer for the live action remake of the Disney animated music. Many fans were disappointed that the live action movie would not be a musical and were upset that it would also exclude fan favorite characters Li Shang and Mushu, which many considered to be integral elements of the 1998 original. Well, this week there's a new outrage storm brewing and its name is Boycott Mulan. The controversy this time stems from actress Louis Fay, who will be playing Mulan in the upcoming Walt Disney movie, voicing her support of the Hong Kong police according to a story on Deadline.com. The backlash stems specifically from the actress who is Chinese-American going on the micro-blogging site Weibo and writing, I support Hong Kong's police, you can beat me up now. This, of course, is in reference to the massive protests that have been taking place in Hong Kong where demonstrators have taken to the streets to voice their disapproval against an extradition law that would make it possible for Hong Kong to extradite suspected criminals to mainland China. In response to this, people took to social media to pressure Disney with the hashtag Boycott Mulan, calling for fans not to support the Walt Disney 2020 release because of the position taken by the movie's lead actor, which they believe to be supporting police brutality and Chinese oppression of the people of Hong Kong. So do you think Boycott Mulan is fair? Should Walt Disney as a company have to suffer and be targeted because of comments made by an actor in their film or no? Walt Disney is fair game and they should have done a way better job of making sure their talent doesn't make controversial statements or neither. Do you think that even actors, entertainment personalities, and sports figures should be able to speak their mind and share their beliefs regardless of their professional employment? Let's discuss. This is definitely a crapshoot for Disney. It's like the questions that you pose. I feel like there's there's different facets to this story. Let's start with, I do believe entertainment personalities um should be able to uh, speak their mind and speak to what they want. A lot of people think that athletes should shut up and just play games. I, I don't believe that. I believe you're an American. Uh, this is a Chinese-American woman. She should be able to speak her mind. At the same time, I think you should also be smart and think about your career because you're putting your employer, in this case Disney, in a really tough spot. And to the people who are saying that are trying to boycott Disney, I think Disney is going to make a Disney has been very calculated in the choices that they've made. If you think about the whole the whole gun director um, thing where they actually um, said that they let him go and then they brought him back when, when they found it to be more palatable. I think Disney is very strategic, just like with the James Gunn situation. They're going to they're gonna dip their toe in the water, the little mouse toe, and be like, it's a little bit warm, but I think we can, we, we can definitely deal with this. And another thing you have to understand that Mulan is going to be a movie. Disney, Disney has a huge... Let's talk about markets really quickly. Disney has, has, has a huge 
huge market in America. It has a great market in, in China as well. So Disney makes a lot of bank on their movies in America and China. China a lot of time is the one that actually closes the loop for Disney and bring these billion dollar movies to a billion dollars. So Mulan was going to be a big movie because it brought Asian representation. So it was going to be a very big movie in China for Disney. So Disney has to think, am I going to upset China, the Chinese government? Because the, the, the comments that the actress made are very pro-China, if you think about it. So the Chinese government would not be angered by these comments. So it would, may, it would still say that Mulan would be allowed to air or, or to play in China. But let's say the actress made some anti-Chinese comments. That'd be very bad for Disney. It'd be very bad for the release. So... Yes, one has to. I'm not sure. I can't. I can't speak to the woman's frame of mind. I'm not sure what she's thinking. Uh, we got to remember that China is not a regular government. We couldn't be allowed to be doing saying the things that we're saying right now on uh, in China. They, there's a lot of censorship. There's, there's a lot of censorship on the internet. It's a lot of censorship over, over what you say. So that we don't know if this actress, uh, there was some pressure at, at some point, maybe with her family, for her to say these things. We don't know what what, what situations he's in. So let's not. I would say let's not jump to judgment because I'm not sure why randomly she would go on on Weibo which is like a it's like a Chinese Twitter and say these things they don't have Twitter it's banned in China by the way so that's my take on that so yes they should be able to say what they say but they should be very cautious of their employer I just feel like Disney um, definitely stepped in a big mouse turd on this one uh, what do you think danger oh wow yeah they so this is an interesting one. I didn't think about it from your point of view as far as like oh maybe the government would ban this. So I think this was, you know, if we're looking at it from that standpoint, from her maybe thinking like, hey, you know, let me make sure that the government is on board with this. That was very clever. But my first thought was, you know, is, is this a joke? Is she is she being sarcastic? And then I thought, well, you know, no, I don't think she's being sarcastic because um, she said what she said. She put it in writing. She knows, she, you know, she's smart enough to know being an actress and a celebrity that this is going to get quoted and requoted and tweeted and retweeted and re-weeboed, if that's something that you can say. Um, so then I thought, well, maybe this is, this is because she was pressured in some way to make a statement. So I thought, well, you know, yeah, she lives in America, but we don't know where her family lives. Is, is mm -hmm. all her family here? Right. Are they in, are they, you know, where do they live? So this might be something that her family may have come to her and said like, hey, you know, we're feeling very pressured here. Maybe you can make a statement. Can you help us out? Uh, it, it's interesting. It's very interesting. And as far as the subject of celebrities and entertainers speaking their mind, I, I, I agree. I think that everyone should have the right to speak their mind no matter who you are. I always like to say, you know, um, you you can definitely speak your mind. I will absolutely defend your right to say it, whether I agree with you or not. So uh, yeah, that's been a topic of discussion here in our house quite often, especially with, um, you know, the boycott of NFL and all of that craziness. I cannot blame anyone, especially someone who has celebrity status and is in a position of power to use their influence for the things that they believe in. I think if she truly believes this, good on her for standing her ground and speaking her mind because she's in a position of power to influence so many other people. We don't know her state of mind. We don't know her point of view. We don't know why she shared what she shared, but I absolutely defend her right to, to share her opinion 
And I think all entertainers should be in the same position, but it is a slippery slope because you might be uh, burning bridges. But then again, if you strongly believe in any particular topic, no matter how controversial, that may get you more jobs that are in line with your line of thought, with your belief system. And, and if you have a specific belief system and can get people on board with that and can do more work to do the things that you believe in, provided they're good, uh, you know, I guess good depends on who you are. But like, I'm not saying like, uh, you should use the power of influence for bad. But if you truly believe in something and you have the power to affect change, by all means, I think you should do that. What do you think, Kevin? Okay. Um, I was all over Twitter when this uh, boycott Mulan was trending and uh, uh, monitoring the discussion. And um, someone pointed out basically what you were saying about the idea that we don't know what's going on with her family or where her family lives. Yes, she's in America, uh, and I believe she's a naturalized citizen, but we don't know how much of her family still lives in China. And um, someone was even pointing out that if you look at a lot of Chinese celebrities or, or, or uh, celebrities of Chinese descent, that when they do post something that is pro-Chinese government, you'll see that they're all posting the exact same thing, even down to the punctuation. So it's like they've been given some statement to put out. And so maybe that's true in her case. She's doing something to protect her family. Also, since it was on Weibo, which again, we I just learned for the very first time, is the Twitter of China. Maybe she was thinking that it wouldn't even reach our shores. That it, uh, something that's going on there in China on their closed uh, uh, social media platform would never make it into our consciousness here in America. And um, honestly, even if she was, as far as opportunities go, what you were saying, Danger, about, yeah, sometimes you, your statement can close one door but can open others. Um, she she could end up being a huge star in China. That's a huge market for movies. So, um, and honestly, I hate to say this, but being an Asian actress, how many movies is she going to be able to star in here in America? They're going to be big box office films. So would she have even more opportunities by keeping the Chinese government happy uh, for her career? So it may not even be something altruistic like worrying about some family members. It may be about her own career and her future career goals. Because Ooh. let's face it, there are a lot more Chinese people than there are Americans. And yeah. so she could sell a lot of movie tickets there. And the and the movies that are there most often are going to star someone like her. Even though Scarlett Johansson, I hear she's trying to go over there and start all the movies there too but um <laughs> hey listen she can be a tree if she wants to i know um so but as far as the idea of celebrities and athletes being able to say whatever they want i absolutely agree you i agree with you danger as well yes you, you can say whatever you want this is america this is a free country and i i do, i fight for your right to say whatever you wanted to say but just like you have the right to say whatever you want to say we as Americans also have the right to cancel you and not Ooh. be cool with what you said and not want to uh, uh, buy things you do. Like one a story that we did, a, uh, I mentioned a few weeks ago was Chris Pratt, who I was a huge fan of. I loved him in Parks and Rec. More of that than him being like so-called movie star. I loved him in Parks and Rec. But then he was like walking around on his honeymoon wearing a Don't Tread on Me t-shirt, which everybody knows is like, you know, code for the, like, you know, for white supremacy, clan 
kind of thing. And so I'm sure people are going to say that, oh, well, just because he's wearing that shirt doesn't mean it, what, what the shirt meant 100 years ago. Mm. When people are basically wearing a certain shirt and flying a certain flag, when they're, when they're marching down streets holding tiki torches, sh- shouting, Jews will not replace us, you'll be damn sure that I won't be wearing that shirt. And so oh. when you're... When you choose to wear that shirt, you are clearly sending a message. So he does he have the right to wear that shirt? Absolutely. Do I do I support him having the right to wear that shirt? Absolutely. And I have the right to never go see a movie that Chris Pratt is starring in ever again, ever well, now again. I, now I feel the need to defend Chris Pratt. I, that's so sad. I didn't know about that. Oh my gosh. But anyway. Yeah, well, you can well you can defend him all you want, but it's not working on me. Good luck. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> oh, uh, uh, that's a story for another day. But yeah, oh, oh, oh when I was, I was wearing a swastika <laughs> shirt, I just thought it was a pretty design. I, 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 that the past when people have issues with it, that's not about me. Yeah, oh, nice try, nice well, okay, try. So, 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 what I was gonna say was that that particular uh, motto, "Don't tread on me." was is actually the uh flag of a specific ship in our in our u.s navy fleet so like maybe he has a family member that's in the navy on that ship i'm just saying i don't know but when you said that that was my first thought was like oh no what uh, yeah, and maybe those and maybe those guys burning crosses are basically doing a tribute to Casper. So yeah, a lot of things are possible. Danger, you're being incredibly uh, generous, yeah. incredibly oh. generous, incredibly oh kind. Can I also add um, that to 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 the fact? Yes, we're saying that everybody in America should be able to speak their truth, even if you're a celebrity. But let me also make a public service announcement: if a celebrity is speaking to something that they have no idea of, if a celebrity is not a scientist and is telling you to go vaccinate or not vaccinate your children, <laughs> you should you should you should take that 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 advice with a bit of caution. So I would say this: everybody can speak their truth, but it does not mean just because you have a bigger megaphone, your truth is any more real than anybody else's. So, little public service announcement. <laughs> And and also, that's that's an excellent point. And to that, just because you can doesn't mean you should. So that's another, let's add that to the end of that public service announcement as well. Just because you can Mm -hmm. doesn't mean you should. Yeah, that's one thing I would agree with the idea that if you if you do have that big of a platform and a megaphone, you would think that you would educate yourself before you start start telling people not to vaccinate their children, uh, those kinds of things. I'm looking at you, uh, uh, Jenny McCarthy. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, like how many kids have you bumped off? But anyway, um, yeah. So you think that you would if if you have that kind of uh, megaphone, that kind of platform, that before you went out there saying that climate change isn't real y'all the, the the world is flat everybody they would actually crack a book open and actually like read it or something so you yeah think, look into that you would think but also i think it's important to note that if you're going to stand up and you're going to speak your truth whatever that truth may be regardless of whether it's true or not in the real world then you have to accept the consequences because cancel culture is legit 
Oh, again, I, I am oh, I am canceling left and I am canceling right. So it absolutely is a real thing and yeah. people need to recognize. So I think that people are finally realizing, thanks to social media, their collective power. You can make a choice uh, when uh, people stand up and stand by certain kinds of people. I mean, I was uh, I, I watched things with Rob Lowe. I've heard about like his politics and things he stands for and things he's connected to. And I'm just like yeah i he won't be getting any of my money any any company he's representing or anything he has he has something to do with it i do not have something to do with it so we have to take our, our power into our own hands they have the power to say what they want to say and make choices we have the power as citizens to make uh free choices as well it's kind of what i always say you have the right to tell your boss that he's an ass and he has the right to fire you both are true yeah (laughs) but but the question is does ben shapiro know this oh Oh. all right with that witty retort let's move on to a little part of our show that we like to call trailer talk trailer talk trailer talk trailer talk talk. (laughs) (laughs) okay kevin before we go into our marvelous trailer talk that everybody's waiting to hear what is our patented last weekly special trailer rating system? All right, Tone. It's incredibly complex, but I'm going to try to break it down for you as simply as I possibly can. Let me get my lab coat and a pencil behind my ear. All right, I'm ready to go. Go. All right. So if you watch a movie trailer and it's it's done its job, you actually want to put on pants, leave your house, and sit in a dark room full of strangers. Spooky. Then you give that movie trailer a movie theater. If the trailer was okay and you might check it out one day on a streaming service because you don't have cable anymore because you cut the cord because you can't afford it anymore, then (laughs) then what you do is you give that trailer a Netflix. But if that trailer has taken three minutes of your life you can never get back, then you give that trailer a kill. Uh, (laughs) All right, Tone. So what's our first victim? Okay, Kevin, our first victim is Zeroville. Zeroville is an upcoming American drama directed by James Franco. It stars James Franco, Megan Fox, Seth Rogen, Greg Robinson, Joey King, Danny McBride, and Jackie Weaver. Kevin, can you please share the synopsis with our listeners? All right. In Zeroville, with tattoos of Montgomery Cliff and Elizabeth Taylor on his shaved head, a man rides a bus into Hollywood and soon makes an impression on a beautiful actress. Thus begins a dreamlike journey through the film business in the 1970s. So, Danger, what did you think of the trailer for Zeroville? Well... Let me just say that uh, this is how it started for me. I put it on. I started watching it. I saw James Franco and I was like, oh, it's James Franco. I'm not a fan. I try to be a fan. I really want to be a a fan. I know some people love him, but for some strange reason, I just cannot like get into him. But okay, so so he's shaving his head. I'm there. I'm we're good. I'm like, yes, I'm gonna watch this trailer. And then I see his mustache and I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> so I watched the whole thing. I had to watch it. I swear to you, I had to watch this thing like three times. And then I watched it again this morning because I was like, maybe I'm missing something. Clearly this is just me. But I watched the whole thing and honestly I didn't know what the heck was going on. I was like what 
I just didn't understand it. Like your synopsis is probably the only thing that I understood about this movie. I literally went on Wikipedia and looked it up to see if I could figure out what was going on. And I still didn't understand what was going on. So originally I was going to say for sure kill, but now I kind of want to know what's going on. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah. So yeah. I just want to know what the hell is going on. So I would say Netflix, but I'm not putting pants on for this. <laughs> All right. Wow. Okay, Tom, what, what did you think of Zeroville? It, it, it was like, um, let me just say that this movie is scheduled to be released on September 20, 2019. Um, I left that out before. Um, it's, it's amazing that Danger went first. And Danger, I, I swear you read my notes because you hit on everything I was going to say. So this is going to sound very redundant. I actually saw the trailer twice as well. I saw, I saw it once and I really paid attention. And the second time I saw it again and I tried to like maybe not pay as attention to see if I made I, – I couldn't make sense of it. Like she is completely on with this. This is a James Franco film and – I also agree with Danger. I'm not a really big fan of James Frankel. That that was kind of like the first light that I hit that I was like, ah, James Frankel's in this. I'm like, okay. Um, so I, I continued on. And then the more artsy and drama that it tried to become, the more I got disinterested. It like it really tried to, to pitch itself like it's a, this this trailer is for like an indie movie. And and it did that. It's really indie. It's so indie that I really don't know what the hell's happening. And when they showed that Megan Fox was in this movie, it was like the second light because I was like, I'm not into Megan Fox. So I was like oh man and and then as more celebrities started showing up like seth rogan showed up and then i was like oh man then craig robinson i'm like nah this is not even worth watching at this point (laughs) so i i don't know what the trailer is about i saw i I, this is our 27th episode of trailer talk that we've done kevin and i still can't tell you what zeroville is about i know zero about zeroville (laughs) Um, maybe that's why they named it that way i completely agree it's either the movie it's it doesn't make any sense or the person who cut the trailer did a horrible job so I, I i i usually would say hey let me give another try with another trailer but no but this specific this specific trailer is a kill and i rarely do kills i always give the benefit of the doubt it's such hard work making movies the it's it's a very it's a very uh, difficult business to be in and people work long hours so i really don't like to give kills but but this is a kill kevin all right um okay I love both of your reviews so far. Okay, um, in the middle of the trailer, Megan Fox says, "This is real. This is a really weird movie," and she was absolutely right. First of all, I got to say, where the hell has Megan Fox been? Because the last time I saw mm-hmm. her, she was being chased by giant robots in disguise. So I haven't seen her in <laughs> ages. <laughs> so it's been a while. And I love the fact that this is the first thing she chose as her big comeback is this, working with James wow. Franco. Wow. Okay, I gotta I, I gotta say, it's a trifecta for non-fans of James Franco. <laughs> Not, and, and I have two reasons. First of all, A, I never liked him as an actor because I don't actually think he ever acts. I think, because at first I thought like, he always seems to choose to play weird characters that are mm-hmm. brooding and effed up. It's just like, no, James Franco is just brooding and effed up. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so also when it back to a, a little rewind to cancel culture yeah james franco has uh repeatedly had problems with sending pictures of his penis to underage girls and one uh one dick pic uh you know okay whoops two dick pics double whoops three dick pics you're purposely seeing it to teens so 
not cool, James Franco. Not cool with you. Um, you you've ruined the deuce on HBO. So yeah, not a fan. I will say there was one good line in the trailer. What's that? Um, <laughs> so I can't say one good thing about it. Uh, the best line by far was said by uh, when two characters are being mugged at, at gunpoint by uh, movie trivia spewing uh, Craig Robinson. Um, uh, the one of the Robbies says, "Is this a robbery or a movie review?" I'm like, "Yeah, that's that's wit- <laughs> that's witty banter that you d- to say before you get shot." So, um, <laughs> so I liked that, but zero else and as far as uh, uh to give an idea to our listeners just how weird this movie is before you even lose three minutes of your life that we lost watching this junkie trailer I lost six <laughs> i so feel many minutes I, you lost know, oh my god you know what i feel so good about myself that i only watched this once i there was a time <laughs> when i would have punished myself where i didn't feel good enough about myself to that i would actually force myself to sit through crap like this multiple times no more no more. You're a stronger man, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying yes to me. Anyway, um <laughs> And you should. Okay. So to give you an idea of how weird and nonsensical this is, at one point uh James Frank was in an editing room and he goes, There's a secret movie that's been hidden in all the movies that have ever been made. Who made it? Who put it there? Oh my, no, tapping out, tapping, bye, exit. Where are the exits? Are they lit? Because I can't see it. <laughs> so, so. And you know uh, what? That's, like, that's what sucked me back in. I was like, what? <laughs> Zero. Is this real? I need to know. I need to know. Oh my God. Not only am I giving this movie trailer a kill for me, I'm also killing it for danger too. Don't get sucked in. <laughs> You are you already lost six minutes of your life. Don't lose six minutes and two hours watching James Franco's fever dream that he probably made to try to pick up more teen girls. Allegedly, allegedly, don't sue us. We don't have any money. Don't allegedly. All right. So, what's what's our final uh, film tone? Our final film is Little Women. The, this Little Women is an upcoming coming-of-age period drama film directed by Greta Gerwig. This is not a remake of the 1994 film. Uh, the movie starring Florence Pugh, Sorisi Ronan, Emma Watson, Elisa Scanlon, Timothy Chalamet, Laura Dern, and Meryl Streep. It has a December 25, 2019 release. That's Christmas. Kevin, please share the synopsis for Little Women. Little Women chronicles the lives of four sisters, Amy, Joe, Beth, and Meg, as they come of age in America in the aftermath of the Civil War. Though all very different from each other, the March sisters stand by each other through difficult and changing times. So, Danger, what did you think of Little Women 2019? 2019. Okay, so I I will say that I have seen this movie before. I had forgotten. And then I said, wait, uh, did I see it? So I watched the trailer and immediately I was in. I was totally in because anything that has Emma Watson in it that isn't Harry Potter, although I did like Harry Potter... I am there for it. I thought it was going to be really clever and funny. And then when Meryl Streep has this really funny line, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was with um, Saoirse. 
Maybe it, maybe it wasn't. I can't remember. But uh, honestly, seeing Meryl Streep and seeing that she's going to be witty in this and clever, I think it's going to be a really great movie. I would, I would dare say that I would give this a movie theater. I would probably Ooh. go with my friends, my girlfriends. Uh, definitely not with my kids. They would not. This would not be a, a movie to see with my kids. So I'm going <laughs> to say they wouldn't get it. But I, I would go to the movie theater and see this. I think that this is going to be fun. I think it's going to be clever. I think that they picked all the right people to be in it. And I think that it's going to be, I think it's going to speak to, to our time uh, with all the stuff that's going on with women and the women's movement right now. Uh, and also, I, I find it very fascinating that as old as this story is, because it is from a book, that it still applies today. So that mm -hmm. to me is fascinating as well. So yeah, I would, I'm going to give this a movie theater. <laughs> All right. You t okay, Tone. What, I think what I did you think? He's, he's shocked. He's just, uh, he's stunned. Uh, he's stunned silence. I was speechless actually. I was, I didn't know what was happening. Um, so I've never seen the 1994 film, even though I was familiar with it, it wasn't something I was into. Um, so it should be no surprise. I didn't read this novel either. So when I saw the trailer for this new version, uh, I found myself trying to remember what the 1994 trailer was about. And I knew there was a lot of famous faces in the 1994 trailer, and there's a lot of famous faces in this trailer. Like They, they picked a, a, real, a real strong cast. And though this movie is, I'm definitely not the audience for this movie. Um, I think the movie, the trailer delivered its job. It basically told you the story that it's about these four sisters and they're, they're trying to make their way through life in this particular period. And it's unfortunate to say women have been there's a, women have faced oppression almost in every period. But this this was a, definitely an earlier time, so there was more oppression. Women were there were certain expectations of women, and that's definitely um, delivered in the trailer. And these are about women who are trying to not meet those expectations and, and basically forge forge their own path. So I got the trailer definitely did its job. I got all of that. I saw that there was there's definitely going to be like um like Danger said some 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 strong performance. Like Metal Streep is going to get some cool one liners in there. So um I personally would not go see this in a movie theater um it's not the type of movie that i would be into but i definitely think if you um watch this trailer and it seems like something so you should definitely go see it um i think the movie's probably going to be a solid movie and it might be even an award contender um so i would give it a netflix for me but a movie theater if this is your thing okay um i had to pick my job off the floor as both of you guys were talking because <laughs> it became crystal clear after a few moments of both of you speaking that you guys both think that the 1994 version of this movie is the first version of this movie no this i movie, didn't say no, that no. i didn't say that okay good because <laughs> i was like what are they talking about because no. this movie is okay yeah this movie has been told this story's been told many times in fact mm -hmm. the the 1949 version the mgm version of the little women for me is like a holiday classic in my family every christmas i watch this movie um to this day I, it's, it's on turner classics around every christmas i have to watch that and i have to watch meet me in st louis and i have to uh watch uh the bishop's wife uh every christmas so um that's is on the, my christmas playlist is um, the 49 so, version with katherine hepburn no that is the 1933 version oh, okay, and the only reason okay. to watch that version is because of katherine hepburn's performance gotcha. as joe but the the, the definitive version for me and anybody with a brain oh. um, 
is is the nineteen forty nine MGM version. It is is in gorgeous Technicolor. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, it starred June Allison as Joe, a young, shockingly young Elizabeth Taylor. So young, uh, uh, James Frank would probably send a picture of his penis to her. That's how young she was in this film. Allegedly, uh, she played Allegedly. Amy. Allegedly, she played Amy. The the, the last illegal teen is staring daggers at us. So, um, <laughs> allegedly, um, so uh, 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 Janet Lee, uh, uh, a young Janet Lee played a uh, Meg, and Margaret O'Brien steals your heart as Beth. I'm telling you, you need to wear several shirts because she's going to reach through them just you know she's going to do the opposite of what the alien did in alien the alien where she bursts out your chest she's going to burst into your chest and you're like get out of my chest get out of my chest bad bad no so anyway it is absolutely incredible movie uh and so i was thinking there's no way i'm going to like this because also a couple years ago there was a pbs miniseries version of little women Mm. and shockingly i watched that too at the behest of a friend uh and um and saw that version of it and so yes (laughs) at the behest of a friend um because i am no i am married to my original one uh uh, the original one for me i know the uh, there's earlier versions but the one for me is the mgm technicolor version but I, I have to say, this trailer did win me over, and one of the main reasons is a little person I like to refer to as Meryl Streep. You guys might call her that, too, but I personally refer to her as Meryl Streep. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys call her that, too? But anyway, um, <laughs> so I love the part where uh, Joe uh, tells her aunt, March, uh, that's who Meryl Streep is playing, that, that she intends to make her own way in the world. And her aunt March uh, replies, no one makes their own way in the world. Least of all a woman, you need to marry and marry well. And then Joe tries to uh, point out her aunt's hypocrisy and says, "Uh, but you're not married, Aunt March. And Meryl Streep hits back, "Uh, well, that's because I'm rich. (laughs) And I thought, game, set, match. Conversation over. (laughs) Mic drop. Mic drop. (laughs) <laughs> so that was really cool. Um, another part that was uh, 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 was when uh, that was interesting was when Florence Pugh uh, as Amy tells Lori, uh, "I believe we have some power over who we love. It isn't just something that happens to a yes. person." And yes. Lori, uh, played by Timothy Chalamet, replies, "I think poets might disagree." And I'm like, oh, "Damn it, <laughs> sign me up!" Uh, and, <laughs> and then. Another part, uh, uh, Emma Watson, uh, not a magic wand in sight. uh, As Meg says, uh, she tells her sister, Joe, just because my dreams are different from yours doesn't mean they're unimportant. I'm like, all right, I guess I'm seeing this. For the eight million time, I see another version of Little Women. Will I see it in a movie theater? Hells to the no. I want to see it, but not enough to pay money. So if it if it finds its way onto Netflix, which I'm already paying for, will I be watching it next Christmas? The answer is yes. So, like, am I the only person uh, who still goes to the movies? 
No, we go to the movies <laughs> when there's superheroes there. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I, yeah, there, there, there's not going to be enough explosions in this for either of us My to bad. actually go to movie theater to see yeah. it, sadly. So exploding <gasps> hearts don't count. Okay. Exploding hearts don't count. Unless it's oh, horror, damn it. I'll go. Damn it, Beth. Damn you, Beth. All right. <laughs> <laughs> this is a little part of the show where I ask my co-host the same question every week. What was your favorite or least favorite thing about the week? You're up first, Tone. Okay, so this week, my favorite thing is that Sci-Fi Channel has actually released the date that Van Helsing, that's right, Helsingers, I am a big fan of Van Helsing, as you know from my YouTube channel, and this season, we're getting a fourth season of Van Helsing, it's going to be on September 27, 2019, let me say it again, Van Helsing returns on September 27, 2019, 10 p.m., 9 central and that's one of that's definitely my favorite part of this week i'm actually going to get all ramped up for van helsing just around the time for pumpkin lattes and pumpkin um ice ice macchiatos culottas so pumpkin's coming back autumn is coming back and van helsing what about yours danger what was your favorite or least favorite part of this week my favorite part of this week was drum roll please I went to the Jonas Brothers concert. <laughs> now, I know what everyone must be thinking. Why on earth did you do that? But you're only thinking that if you haven't heard their latest album. So, okay, in all fairness, I didn't get excited for their uh, reunion. And I wasn't thrilled about the tour. But I did it as a surprise for my daughter who was turning 14. And she had dropped some not so subtle hints uh, <laughs> by saying things like, wow, do you think I'll ever get to go to a concert one day? <laughs> And things like, um, gosh, we don't spend enough girl time together. So I thought, you know what? Maybe I'll try to get some tickets. And I did. I lucked out and I got Jonas Brother tickets pre-sale. So that was awesome. And uh, yeah, I got to take her to the concert. It was her first concert ever. So I think the best part for me was not just the fact that I got to go to the concert, but I think I spent an equal amount of time looking at the Jonas Brothers as I did just watching my daughter and seeing how she was reacting and whether or not she liked it and what was she doing. So for me, that was most definitely the best part of my week. It was so exciting. It was so much fun. And I'm so glad that I got to, you know, be there for her very first experience, her very first concert experience. And the fact that it was the Jonas Brothers was so cool. It was amazing. It was really amazing. Who's That's next? Really cool. That's really cool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. What that first of all, that is a great pick. That is a great story. So I'm that sounds like you guys had a great time. Oh, it was all right. So I actually have a couple, sadly. Um <laughs> my well, if they're first, sad. Well, they are. They are. They're very sad. Uh, my my first least favorite thing of the week um, touches on something that Tone said. Um, I know America runs on Duncan, but apparently Duncan has gotten too big for his britches and he's gone crazy mad with power because he now thinks he has the ability to decide exactly when the seasons change. Uh, <laughs> Duncan pronounced on high, he came out of his, his like, I don't know, his uh, coffee uh, bean colored castle and he announced that... <laughs> that fall will begin on August 21st and let the pumpkin spice lattes begin. Hell and I'm like, yeah. what? <laughs> August, it's going to be like a billion degrees. 
Who the hell wants a pumpkin spice anything on August 21st? That is absolute insanity. So apparently fall is starting even earlier and i guess it'll probably go even later when will fall be over uh uh king duncan like sometime <laughs> around january march april when exactly so Never you're wary. mad with power you're mad with power duncan you need to be dethroned all right and my other <laughs> least favorite thing was uh the announcement that olive garden had uh, a, a a pasta pass for life where you pay $500 what? and you get pasta uh for the rest of your natural life Th there was a sale online only for this lifetime pasta pass uh it happened on august 15th this past thursday and only 50 people would get the golden ticket to a lifetime of carbs and so unfortunately why why this isn't my this isn't my favorite thing because i am not one of the 50 people that have that card now <laughs> so i will oh. not be unless unless someone's just unless someone got it for me as a gift you know what danger i don't feel like we spend enough time together and i don't feel like <laughs> i have pasta for life and so <laughs> just saying hmm. just saying still on sale uh, no, sad, no. There was literally only uh, is a promotion. They only they only sold fifty for uh, to fifty people on August fifteenth. So they are long gone. So unless somebody already uh, thought, well, Kevin loves breadsticks. Let me get this for him, and, and they're planning to give it to me on my birthday, which is in September. You never know. Re with, with the, the the actual first day of fall, Duncan um anyway <laughs> not in august so yeah so i'm a little uh, not i'm a little no i'm a lot sad that i was not one of those 50 people that got you know that got to go into Willy wonka's pasta factory and and get pasta and breadsticks for the rest of their life well the jury's yeah. not out yet so wait till your birthday you just never know Oh my God! You know what? Thank danger! Oh my God! You're oh my! If you surprise me, I am going to start crying. Carbs it's going to be so sweet of you. Pasta for <laughs> life! Oh my God! I am I am going to I'm going to uh, cry, um, uh, pesto tears. So anyway, <laughs> pesto tears. There's a hashtag. Pesto tears. That's it's gonna it's gonna hurt, but I'm gonna still cry. All right. <laughs> Okay, um, we can't cover every story every week here on Last Weekly, but we do want to recap the stories you want us to recap. So, if there's a story that you happen upon that you'd like us to recap, or if you'd like to share your favorite or at least everything about the week, let us know. And you can do it in a few different ways. You can send us a voice message through the Anchor app. You can tweet us at Last Weekly on Twitter, and you can hit us up on Instagram, uh, as well as sending us an old school email to lastweeklypodcast at gmail.com. Oh. And, and if you're wondering about how you can listen to our show, other than the way you're listening right now, <laughs> Last Weekly is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, or just search for Last Weekly on your favorite podcast app. And now you can hear us on WJMSRadio.com twice a week, Sundays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1.30 uh, Pacific, and on Fridays, 
10.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 Pacific. First, I want to thank Trish, a.k.a. Danger, for joining us this week. You, you were incredible. Aw, thank you. Mm. I appreciate that. It was really exciting to be here. So let people know how they can reach out to you on social media. So uh, it's very easy. I am Danger Everywhere, and it's spelled D-A-Y-N-G-R, and I'm literally everywhere. Oh, my God. Even the way you spell is dangerous. Yes, it is. <laughs> There's yes, no is. stopping you. There's no not. stopping you. There's not. <laughs> all right. And I also want to thank all of you for listening. We appreciate you so much. This is why we're doing it. We wouldn't be re- we we could recap amongst ourselves, but we want to share it with you. So <laughs> thank Sharing you again. Is it is caring. Thank you, Danger. We do care about you and we thank you so much for listening. And please listen to the next episode of Last Weekly because the week doesn't end. Say it with me, co-host. Until Until we we say say so. so. Oh, we're going to get it right one of these weeks. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. (laughs) Goodbye. Uh, Bye-bye.